I actually don't know, is there like an amnesty on cards at a particular stage in this tournament? At a certain point, you know, do you, do you suddenly decide to take the book on it that say at that day? There seems to be an edict now that's like FIFA. I mean, we've been weak on, on certain things. We've been weak on, say, armbands and corruption and, and various things, but seem to be strong on time wasting. Good morning and welcome to the In The World Cup on day three of the tournament. My name is Aidan O'Hara and I'm joined by Irish independent soccer correspondent Daniel McDonnell, who's finally made it to Qatar. Dan, how's things? Yeah, I'm good. Um, dialing in from, from Doha for the first time. Um, the, the little known um, trek from, from Malta to Doha, with a little bit of a stopover in Vienna. But um, yeah, we're here. We're in, uh, we're in World Cup country, not quite football country. I don't think, but uh, it's World Cup country nonetheless. You arrive into the airport during the the USA Wales game, um, trying to you know look at screens in the corner in the, in the distance, see what the crack is. Um, but yeah, um, we are, we are here. What's the heat like when you step off the step off the plane? To be honest, um, and I've seen people talk about this, it's not that bad really. I think it was pretty intense around Friday Saturday, um, but. By the time I got in, you know, it's the early hours in the morning here. Just like you know, for people at home, the, the Wales USA game that that seven p.m. game is like ten p.m. local time here. So, uh, you know, it's finishing close to midnight. So I know, like football in Spain, sometimes is a bit like that with some of the kickoff times. It's quite unusual, but um, yeah, I got my bearings at my hotel. Uh, went for a little bit of a, a wander around, and um, yeah, like it's not necessarily jacket weather but it's uh it's two layers weather at night um so um yeah i mean it's 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 you know from what i've seen in the games it does seem like the conditions are quite uh you know a bit of cramping up and stuff like that towards the end of, of certain games so um clearly it's still intensive enough but it's maybe not as uh attritional as people were suggesting but i mean that just could be just a mild enough day or two by their standards here and it could completely go uh, in another direction i thought for a minute you were going to suggest you were, you were cramping up by the end of your long journey but uh it's good to know it's good, not good quite, to know that's no. not the case i just I, I just went for a yeah i mean i just got in there and went for a walk um so um there's a, a 24-hour mcdonald's uh within close proximity a 24-hour coffee house um i'm not entirely sure where i'm staying like in the context of uh doha i'm, I'm not a million miles from um the city center i don't believe but um i mean it's it's one of these places yeah like it's it's uh like this is the thing about this tournament and we're maybe coming back to a recurring point like you know the, the world cup is such a meeting of people from like all parts of the world and and clearly there's a massive shadow hanging over this one um but there's still obviously small glimpses of it around the place you know like i'm i'm on my flight there was a couple from costa rica behind me um, there's a few Australians on the plane. Um, you know, there's that sense of for some people, this is like still a really big trip. You know, I, on that little walk to my 24 hour McDonald's, there was, um, you know, I met a group of like eight Argentine fans crossing as ever crossing, you know, and, and sort of good spirits. The local TV here, I put it on, like it's a, their version of, I don't know, um, RTE1 and, uh, you know, live footage of, a local um, reporter, again, with, with singing, dancing Argentines around them. Um, 
you know somewhere around the main drag and i mean that does seem to be the re- the recurring theme like that the uh the, the south americans maybe central americans with a few mexicans around as well um they are the ones who've traveled in in great yeah. volume and still probably will provide a lot of the noise in this tournament um maybe maybe less so i did see a forlorn looking england fan who must have been out all day um uh, in in the mcdonald's um which is obviously like the epicenter of uh of the, the you know the 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 the, the cultural hub uh, of Doha and this neck of yeah, time. naturally it, it tends it would tend to be certainly Ecuador provided plenty of color uh, on the on the op- the opening day. We, we've got two South American teams going uh, today. Argentina starting at ten, Mexico Mexico play Poland at four, and in, in between and after those games, Denmark and Tunisia at one, and France and Australia at seven. Of those, which of those games are you looking forward to seeing? Well, I mean, I'm looking forward to France Australia because I'm going to it. So like that's uh, that that's definitely my uh, my uh, highlight of the day. Um, I think uh, if you're Irish at this tournament and you're a little bit down the food chain uh, of getting into games, I think a, a few Irish have been rejected from Argentina, Saudi Arabia. I had a feeling that was going to happen to me, so I cancelled it before they could uh, before they could reject me, just so you wouldn't actually have to cope with the disappointment. Yes. Um, but it, it is the, the way they calculate it with these things is that if you're a non-competing nation, you have a better chance of getting into games involving European teams um, than you would, uh, say, a game involving sort of a South American and an Asian side. And I think Argentina and Brazil games are going to be tough to get into um, from from our perspective, maybe in the group stage anyway. But I think, like, so, I don't know, in terms of the day, um, I think there's an interest in seeing teams maybe rather than an interest in seeing games like, like the Mexico Poland probably will be the best yeah. contest because it's like a crucial game for both of them where I think we're looking forward to seeing France, but I don't think Australia are believed to be any great shakes. Uh, the way the, uh, the, the, the Saudis are performing, they don't, I mean, none of the Asian teams seem to be great shakes at the moment. Um, pardon the pun. And uh, I don't think the Saudis are expected to be that good. Um, so that could be one side. Denmark, Tunisia, again, you're sort of expecting um, Denmark to win. But I don't know. I mean, the predictions predictions yesterday, I mean, you were right to predict that England would do a number in Iran. I just didn't expect it to go uh, that intense. I thought my boys now, Senegal, were actually doing their job on taking taking the Dutch to a scoreless draw. Um, and they pretty much nearly got there, um, but didn't. And then, yeah. USA Wales was the tight game we probably thought it might yeah, be, it was, um, but I think it was funny. That they, they, mm, there's a pattern there. Like there is, I think yeah. that maybe uh, some of the the Asian sides you wouldn't be madly optimistic about their prospects. No, no, definitely not. I mean, Argentina, Argentina, Saudi. You know, the the talk is of the, like the amount of runners around Messi and he's as fit as he has been, and you know the switch obviously to Paris Saint Germain. It didn't exactly revitalize him initially, but he seems to be in. Seems he's building up to this tournament as a, as a lot of players are, even if even the ones playing for the top teams. That this is probably his last chance at winning a World Cup. And Argentina have kind of come in under the radar a little bit, you know, despite having one of the greatest players of all time, if not the greatest in, in their midst. And certainly Saudi aren't going to, you know, the, you can't see them putting up much of a fight to them. And so again, between that and France, Australia, a bit like today, you're looking at probably a couple of one sided games, like the way England was, where just the, the the class and is going to be is going to be telling and I think sometimes with 
obviously there's been talk of the Winter World Cup and I think you alluded to in the previous show that these players haven't been flogged, you know, whereas previously some of the bigger nations have come to tournaments with players who've played in, you know, Champions League and have been finishing their season in late May and trying to pick it, pick it up for the World Cup. Some of the top stars might, might be quite fresh actually coming into this tournament relative to how they normally would be. Yeah, like, I mean, there's, there's, yeah, I think I mean, with, with Messi and, and certainly like there's a feeling that he's sort of been uh, peaking this way. Um, you know, certainly with England, like you could see, I mean, I'm not going to, not going to bluff. I didn't actually see the game. I'm only working off the highlights of it, but it does appear that, you know, there was a, a freshness around some of their better players. Um, it's, it's just, I mean, it's hard to know. I mean, like some, some clubs have had intense Champions League schedules. Some players have had intense Champions League schedules. And as I said, like I, I was watching, I did make the, the last uh, the, the last few minutes of the USA Wales game, I popped into a nightcap in the local cafe next door, which nightcap being a green tea, um, and uh, just happened to sort of the, the the volume of players going down in the last few yeah. minutes sort of showed you that in a game that's a real contest, like not a one sided game, like it's easy to say a team looks fresh when they're winning, you know, they're scoring five or six goals against a completely inferior side, but in this game there was sort of a meeting of equals. Uh, it did look like it took a bit out of uh, quite a few of the protagonists. So, like maybe that's a that's a sign to come in some of these more uh, grueling uh, sort of in the balance games. Yeah, I think the I think the fixture. You know, you, you could end up with a look of the fixtures. Like Wales have Iran next, which you know would seem to be an easier game, obviously, than than the USA against England. So, you know, they will have they should have a little bit more energy, despite of what's taken out of them. They shouldn't need as much energy to beat. Iran, which they'll obviously have to do if they want to get through. It was one of those games where quality wasn't the best, but it was. It kind of felt that felt like a World Cup game, and in a lot of ways, Holland and Holland and um, Senegal did too. Where it was, you know, it wasn't. It wasn't one side sitting sitting back trying to contain in the way that Iran was, or in the way that you know Qatar was setting up to be. It felt like a like a proper game that, you know, the winners or as it turned out, the draw in the Wales game with, with Holland, they really had to, to, to eke it out and really had to fight for it. And, you know, the, as you were t- talking about the, the tiredness levels, you know, that teams are going to have by the, by the time this is all over, like you talk of, you know, this, they have to play seven games to, to win it. By the time you add up all the injury time in those seven games, it'll probably be the best part of eight games that they're looking at playing. Yeah, can you explain something to me here? Because uh, again, as I said, I was I was having my nightcap with a couple of locals who weren't. It wouldn't be great on the English front, and I saw that there was nine extra minutes in the Wales game, which was brilliant because I only managed to see the last seven minutes of it. So I was actually going to get to see some football, and I was going to ex- ex- engage in some small talk about how there must have been an injury. Uh, I'm glad I didn't because I think it would have probably caused some confusion because it doesn't seem like that was the case at all there just there seems to be an edict now that's like uh fifa i mean you know we've been weak on on certain things you know we've been weak on say you know uh armbands and and weak on sort of elements of uh you know corruption and and various things but seem to be strong on time wasting yes that seems to be certain you know I am rise to the small occasion um in the england game there was 14 minutes in the first half because of a, a bad concussion a bad facial injury to the to the Iranian keeper which is okay um you know the, on another day at another world cup in another venue it would be a huge talking point around concussion and the lack of 
protocols that were around that the keeper was out. He was gone. He stood up for a minute or two, kicked the took a kick out and then said, actually, no, I have to go off. But, you know, there's so many other things going on that it kind of got relegated to the to the bottom of the news agenda. In in the Wales, the Wales USA game, you know, there was I think USA made a substitution after 66 minutes, then another, I think a triple after 74. Wales made one after 79. USA made one after 88. And then Wales made a double on 90. So if you add up all those, plus the normal amount of injury time for cramp, et cetera, et cetera, you probably do get to, to nine minutes. I mean, Gareth Bale was speaking afterwards and Gareth Bale looked like a man who did not want to play nine minutes of injury time. He was, he looked exhausted he even said it himself i don't know where that came from but it seems to be something that we're gonna have to get used to like this idea of you know they have to put it in for 90 minutes it's looking like 105 minutes you know where you know you, you could even... but we can't really like yeah but we can't really complain about it though can we i mean it's probably one of these things that like it would actually drive you mad like even the malta ireland game on sunday like the ability of the 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 maltese lads in a, in a bad friendly to sort of knock, you know, 30 seconds. It would infuriate you if you're chasing the game. It's it's just one of these things where, like, it actually it probably is the correct policy. Yeah. Um, it's ensuring that the game, you know, has the right amount of play. I mean, is it, is it I mean, is it rugby where they, like, they, they obviously stop the clock and a big complaint is that the games are taking too long now because there's all these stoppages and it's peppered by stoppages and you're, you're in the ground for, like, three hours or something, so you can only have around 10 points. <laughs> And there at is your, there is a, there is a sense bring it back that to your seat, like, though, at, your, at your seat, of course, but uh, it won't be happening here, um, for which is obviously bad news. People with the delays, but like it's probably something that you should be striving towards as a as a concept that you do have to volleyball. It's just that we're so unused to it. It's like it's sort of like why are you taking a strong stance on this gamesmanship that we consider part of the game? Like it's sort of a, it's it's just completely unexpected sense of uh, we're we're going to crack down on something that probably shouldn't happen, but now people are so used to this being the norm. Uh, don't know what to make of it. Yeah, you're half expecting in in the last minute of that game when the ball dropped to Bale from the halfway line and Acosta, the USA player, produced one of the great cynical fouls to just clip his ankles. It was one of those ones where you, that was it was brilliant. fantastic. It was, was absolutely brilliant. fantastic. But you, you'd approve of that as a former centre half. Center that's half. exactly the type of challenge that. Yeah. Absolutely, I once did one of those, and the opposition manager came over at the end and shook my hand and said he was a former centre half as well. So he really appreciated it. But like they were, it was a sort of challenge that you could see a referee kind of saying, "Actually, no, we're going to clamp down on this cynical fouling and give a red card." And it was, it was like it was probably the right decision. I think it was. I think it, it it would have been you could have, you could have made a point for it and certainly VAR wouldn't have overturned. Do you think Garrett Bale would have scored? Do you think Garrett Bale would have scored? Uh, I think um, had it been after twenty five minutes, I think Garrett Bale's first touch would have set him to hit it on a second touch. But he took a touch. He took another touch. I'm not sure. I think you know a bit like his golf shot. Maybe a bit like his golf shots. It would have pinged straight down the middle as to where he where he got it. But you know yourself if you've hit. He's such a big game he player. Is. Like that's yeah. the thing. Like it's probably like he's such a big game player, Bale, that he is one of the few players that when that situation was set, maybe even Acosta was thinking, no, we have to yeah. do this. Like we have to completely I think you do it anyway, right? You probably do it if it's a centre half, but just particularly so because it's Bale. Yeah. I was sitting there, he's gonna stick yeah. this in. Like he this is this is written in the stars. Like there's special things actually happen yeah, to him. They do. Yeah. Um but, but maybe not that special. No, it would have been look, I mean you can see him kind of 
Hopefully, I mean it, it would it would be be great for him as a player to to really make a mark on the World Cup, even a couple of games against Iran, and then who knows against England, you know what they might what they might be able to produce. They were quite good in the second half now um, last night, where they kind of changed a couple of things around, brought on our friend Kiefer Moore, who we spoke about the other day, and he made a big difference. You know, he he's he's unorthodox, but he's absolutely a handful to deal with. He's not the sort of he's not just no centre back would, would fancy marking him, but he. He, he brought a, a bit of a focal point to them and, and USA didn't really know what to do with them. They seem to be, you know, it can happen in games sometimes where a team goes in after a dominant first half thinking, you know, we're better than these. And suddenly the other team turns around, changes something and the USA couldn't quite get back on terms. I think a draw was probably a fair result in the game. Mm, yeah. And it's, see, the thing that's set up for them there really, isn't it? That um, if they can go and beat Iran and then they hope England beat the USA, and then you're in this situation where you can have potentially um, uh, a mutually beneficial draw yeah. in the round of 16, yeah. or you know, in, sorry, in the third game. But now, I mean, I don't know. Wales don't necessarily want to be playing Holland here, if that's the case. But they definitely want to go yeah. through. Um, so it sort of it, it could create a slightly uh, unusual dynamic around it. Like I think the USA would be probably unhappier with that result because it really puts pressure. On them to do something against England, or else there's a danger that their fate is sort of out of their hands. Yeah. So, um, they, this is, um, I mean, even after a game, Wales were totally in that. Was, ah, like, just like even the whole Wales thing, it was just like a, an Ireland major tournament thing where you get that one all, you get that one all in the first game, and it feels like a win yeah. maybe in some yeah. ways. Um, and now suddenly it's sort of the group has maybe weighted in their favour a small bit. Yeah, thanks, Dan. After the break, we'll be back with some predictions for today's games. Okay, Dan, before we get into predicting uh, today's games, can you see any prediction of, of controversy coming in the in the games today, given what went on yesterday? Yeah, look, I mean, I, in fairness, yesterday's show probably caught in the hop a small bit because it was clear this story was probably brewing a small bit and I probably had my head in, in, in Malta, Ireland and uh, didn't anticipate um, the extent to which this was sort of suddenly accelerate. Um, so... Um, I must admit, now I was just I was preparing to travel sort of across from Vienna to Doha when it really started to kick off um, today, and um, I don't know. Look, have I changed my initial instinctive view yesterday that I would sympathise for England with England on it? Like it seems that like they're getting hammered now. That certainly seems to be the case. Seems some very strong yeah. commentary, probably juxtaposed against the Iranian gesture, which is incredibly powerful and incredibly brave i suppose of all the teams to be playing yeah. in that scenario like when you have when you have players who are i don't know i mean like t- taking a really bold stance which is even divisive amongst their own fans i mean that's 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 strong and so you know placed against that the english reaction looks weak you know here roy Keane is is saying they should have won a free game and maybe I do see that point of view while still retaining my slight sympathy for them in the sense that you know they've they've tried to make an effort, but then it looks like they've ended up making half yeah. an effort, um, and they're attracting grief to teams are making no effort. The teams that which have made no effort at all um, aren't going to receive, um, and like that's a, that's a it's a weird weird place for them to be in. I don't know what you make of it. Yeah, I mean, look, having as I said, as I said yesterday, having the courage of your convictions until it might give you a yellow card mm. um, is not, you know, doesn't seem to be very strong convictions. 
I was a little bit surprised that they didn't do something in the end, be it Gareth Southgate wearing the armband or something along those lines. And Alex Scott did on the BBC. That's obviously not quite the same no. thing, but it's something that it's just, it is going to run. It's going to run and run within this particular thing because they, as you said, like they, they've raised the issue where other teams haven't, but in a sense, they haven't really followed through on it. So like between the FA, FIFA and the players, of course, are stuck in the middle. The players, you know, are the players going to go against their manager? Everyone, anytime you speak to a player, tell you like the amount of focus that it takes to play a big game. So having something there that distracts your focus is, is very, very difficult. I know there's a greater picture in all these, in all these things, but like I do have a degree of sympathy with the players for finding themselves in this position hours before the game to be told that, no, you're not able to do something that you'd planned on doing. That would have all been part of their preparation. And, you know, like they play again on Friday against the USA, there will probably be something out of that as well. But as you said, like the Iran um, protest of not singing the anthem was very, very powerful and is something that is pro- likely going to have far more consequence for them um, than anything like a booking or anything, any kind of um, sanction would have had on the English players or any of the other countries who were planning on wearing wearing the armband. Yeah, no, I, I um, don't think it's, it's going away. Um, and, you know, clearly... Um, you know, every day there seems to be an issue that FIFA have are, are, are been accused of sort of mishandling it or fudging it or sort of uh, bowing to their lo- the local authorities on it. And yeah, like I, I just I feel I feel like it's 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 an agenda setting issue at the moment around the English team. So I don't see how that disappears easily. And um, yeah, um, we will see what the particularly even when England and Wales play each other. You know, um, later in the group, yeah. Um, I actually don't know. Is there like an amnesty on cards at a particular stage in this tournament, or some, sometimes they do have them? Um, a bit, at a certain point, yeah. you know, do you do you suddenly decide to take the book on at you that say at that stage? Take a book on, you know. I don't know. They go completely yeah. cynical and like you know get get someone a second book and to get them ruled out of around the sixteen tie they fancy. You know, let's just go pure. Or if they're already if they're already through against Wales or against the USA, then you know you could put an armband on and get yourself a book and I'm not yeah, sure. Yeah, it's just, that, I don't know. It's, a, da- be, it's, it's uh, a daft discussion really, isn't it? And it just reflects like, it is, um, yeah. it's almost, I mean, I, I mean, I do think the thing about the armband and I, I did see this point made in a piece um, by someone, it might have been Jonathan Lou piece in the, in the Guardian. Um, I, I read, a, read a few things. I, I mean, it is true. Like no one really knows what the one love armband truly represents in the context of this competition. You know, it's sort of like as a mm-hmm. gesture itself, it was a little bit, um, wishy-washy and vague, but it still stood to represent something, and they haven't been able to follow through on that. Um, but in of itself, it wasn't necessarily a, a hugely defiant thing either. And um, but the fact they haven't even been able to execute that, you, you can understand why it's attracted derision. But I, I still do have that little bit of um, sympathy for their for their no-win situation around it. Yeah, so it's difficult to predict what uh, controversy will will come so tomorrow so it's our sorry today and tomorrow but it's likely to be there's likely to be something but we'll try and go for the easier option in some ways of predicting the games t- today so we start with argentina saudi arabia dan any anything beyond the comprehensive argentina victory? no i i feel like i've i've made the mistake of underestimating scores because you just assume it's going to be tighter in the in the first game um in some of them so uh, let's let's go for argentina to to four nil 
I'll take five. Why not? Five, Neil. We go with that. Uh, Denmark, Tunisia. I'm going to go 3-1 on this for for Denmark. I think we're both in agreement that they're, they're a team that could be a a strong a strong um strong force in the Yeah, and as I said I was I was sort of you know listening to one or two experts before the tournament who were predicting that that some teams would be sturdy and quite difficult to beat and like Iran was one of them and they've conceded six, but like Tunisia was another. Um, now I just do do feel though the African nations, as we mentioned it with Senegal and Afcon and and these, you know, they're they maybe they have a little bit more steel around knowing how to like really really make these games grueling if they need to. Um, so I do fancy Denmark, but I will might I might still revert to the lower scoring here um, and go for maybe a, a two 0 Denmark win. And then what's likely to be probably the most competitive game of tomorrow, Mexico and Poland. It's, you know, the battle of Lewandowski and, and uh, Jimenez. How do you see that one going? Yeah, I was trying to, like, it seems like the Mexican camp don't seem to be particularly chuffed with life. Um, and it's Tito Martino, isn't it? The ex- Martina, the ex-Barcelona manager who's who's there. Um, and I don't know, it seems to be that the coverage there seems to be a little bit, um, they're not maybe, there's just some argument at the press conference today, a bit of a back and forth around, um the team style or something it, apparently it was all very fraught and the polls by comparison were all mm-hmm. high-fiving and, and great form and you know happy with life and um maybe i'm just reading too much into that by by then predicting poland poland to win um by a 2-1 margin i'll go for 2-2 in that the first first draw prediction of my own and i think in the final game that you'll be at um i'm going to take france to to win 2-1 probably just to a slow start, but I think I think they'll still have enough. Mm, yeah, that that I think that would be a more dramatic game than people are anticipating, and I think that would probably be welcomed. Um, I I don't know. I still I I think France probably have the capability. I kind of wonder, like you know, they did win the tournament the last time, like, and they they made a very slow start. But sometimes you have these teams that are underperforming. They take on the flat track bully thing like you know you see Liverpool at times struggling this year but then they can open up and like score nine against Bournemouth or you know hammer Rangers mm-hmm. like France will click maybe at times in this competition I'm not sure but you fully trust them to go all the way so I don't know they could they could win 3-0 tomorrow potentially uh, or tonight shall we say by the time people listen to this and uh, not to give away any secrets yes absolutely. but uh, yeah I think I think uh, <laughs> I think France maybe might, might win it in that instance yeah well, thanks very much, Dan. Enjoy getting to acclimatise to, to Doha and uh, we'll speak to you again tomorrow. Thanks.